past ten. Steve Vines, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've heard of Da Vinci. Have you? Didn't he do paintings? And his mum was Chinese. <laughs> How you did know you know that? How did you know that? <laughs> good old Angelo. Brilliant. <laughs> I have learned something this morning. No, you haven't. I've got a travel health advice, and it's in bright red letters on the uh, travel health government page in front of me. I want to read it to you, because yes. I've learned something here. Mm. It says... The Department of Health advises the public to avoid unnecessary travel to Korea, in particular those with chronic illnesses. Travellers in Korea and the Middle East should avoid unnecessary visits to healthcare facilities. Right. Yes. Uh, Travellers in the Middle East should avoid going to farms, barns or markets with camels. So I'm just going to leave him at home. Yes. You know what I'm saying? This is the official word. But but can I just say, um, I may be unusual... But every time do, I go abroad, do, do. the first thing I do is I, I, I go to a medical place for a visit, mm. usually with a camel. I always take my camel. Do you take your camel? Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, um, that's, yeah, that's av- two av- of us, then. Avoid contact with sick, with sick persons. It's people. Yes. It's people. people. I know. Anyway. Not in government speak. Don't take your camel it? on holiday if you yeah. don't want to catch MERS. Or go to hospital with the camel. Don't go that's to hospital the, if you get it. sick right. with the camel in okay. Korea. Thank you. Hey, thank you. And right. next... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in other news... <laughs> that tickled me a little bit. Anyway. I, I, um, you, you were telling me um, something about my close friend Robert Chow. What was that you were saying to me? Well, last year he was saying, don't congregate, blah de blah blah catastrophe. That's the word he if used they, on that all video. all these people Now he wants people to uh, congregate. Yes. This is, this is about the... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just chuckling because you've got to chuckle. The vote... The vote next week on the constitutional reform, yep. which now even the government says isn't going to be passed. And the latest opinion poll, this is what makes me laugh. The whole case that, that the people in favour of the so-called constitutional reforms put forward was, well, it doesn't really matter what the Democrats think because the public is with us. Well, now we understand from the latest uh, university, the, you know, the three universities rolling poll, that the opinion is is evenly split between those who are in favour of passing the reforms and those who are against. because we're fickle. So I, I would say that LegCo is obliged because the argument is that they have to follow whatever the public opinion polls do. Half of LegCo members are obliged to vote for it and half of them are obliged to vote against it. Right. Strangely enough, I haven't heard that particular point of view put forward by the usual suspects. Instead... We have Raymond Tam, who apparently is called the Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he's the bloke who's responsible for this. He's been piloting it for. Sobbing on RTHK, so it must be true, it was on RTHK yesterday, mm. on the Chinese side, saying, look, I can't be held responsible under the responsibility system. I'm not responsible because it's to not be held fair. responsible. Because it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, gosh... Gosh, Mr. Tam, not fair. <laughs> Join the world. <laughs> you see, this is the point. The responsibility system was designed. And it's I know not called it was that, done. is it? Isn't it, called... it is actually called the is responsibility, the responsibility system. No, right. yes. I know you think that it, it, it was devised in a satire club in Mong Kok, but apparently it was actually devised in the government headquarters. The new responsibility system under which the secretaries for a particular area, like mainland and constitutional affairs would yeah. take responsibility for the actions. But Raymond Tam says, no, no, it can't be me. It can't be me because I've got other things to do. <laughs> and, and, and so has Carrie the Can Lamb got other things to do. So, no, 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 not us. We can't be held responsible. It's amazing how... I, 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 of course, I, I, my heart goes out to him. Raymond, I'm with you. Yes. It's amazing how bodies 
that aren't really truly accountable or are known to be not truly accountable responsible are the ones who have these rules. Yeah, but I mean, in the in the grown-ups political system, where where you have elected, <laughs> what a system that is! How that's never going to work. Where you have elected ministers. I mean, for example, I remember that um, during the Falklands War in in Britain, the, the defence secretary at the time. He didn't organise the Argentinian invasion of the Falklands, but he said, I'm the Minister of Defence, it, it happened on my patch, I've got to go. And a lot of people said, well, you know, that's very unfair. He said, no, 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 if I don't go, it undermines the whole system. Well, Raymond, just think about what you're saying, just think about it just for a bit. But now, as I say, we, we have a situation where the opinion polls seem to have narrowed. Opinion is evenly divided between two sides, which is what I sort of thought it probably would have ended up as yeah. being. The, the bill is not going through. And then you, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you know, I come into you this... You just did. It's not true. Oh, oh sorry. I apologise. But if you weren't going to make this stuff up, you would, you would watch carefully government announcements and you already see the government officials, Carrie Tan... And, and say, well, n- not see why I learn, because he's in North America. He says this is the most important vote of our time, therefore I have to be travelling abroad. But mm. the, the government officials who are actually in Hong Kong say, oh, well, gosh, if this... Oh, dear, if this, um, this thing doesn't carry on uh, next week, on the 17th, um, we're, going to, we, we're going to spend our time dealing with social and economic affairs. Well, hang on, wait a minute. Should <laughs> you have been spending <laughs> your this. time doing social and economic... I mean, that's why you have a government with different departments. Some departments actually are called economic affairs. Some are called social welfare. Some are called transport. It's called business as usual, isn't it? Have all of those departments said, oh, until we have the vote on the 17th of June, we're not supposed to do anything? Is that really what the government is now telling us? Yeah. I mean, the more you hear from these people... It'll be your fault, though. Well... I'm taking personal responsibility. Your fault. The people of Hong Kong will pay the price. <laughs> the people of Hong Kong will pay the price, yes. Well, they, th- that is one thing that's consistent. The people of Hong Kong do consistently pay the price. I mean, yeah. that, that much is true. they got style, haven't they? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I want to talk about this thing next week. Um, this thing next week, yes. Acor- according to a correspondent, there, there, there are rumours that the boys in blue are, are braced. Um, and check it out. This might, sound, this might sound over the top, but occupy resurfacing. And I want to refer to one of our news items. What's today's date uh Would be the, the 11th. today and it says the secretary for security the main man has said the police are prepared for any ind- any eventuality during next week's legco vote on electoral reform yes apparently they're mobilizing 7000 officers the main man has said the cops yes. are red i mean all we're talking 7, about 000, is a vote 7000 officers they're mobilizing for this so and what is really not being said by any of these officials is just think just pause to think for one moment what would happen if they'd actually got four of the pro-pandems to go over on the other side. Do you really think there would be anything mild in response to that? The sense of betrayal, that what would happen on the streets if this does go through would be 20 times worse than anything that may or may not happen um, outside Ledgeco next uh, Wednesday. I mean, I know Robert Chow wants a punch-up, so he's mobilising his boys to come way. along and have a punch-up with the pro-dems. Um, if, if I was involved in those pro-dem rallies, I would studiously avoid being provoked by those people, but you never know. Yeah. Um, but but what's I the point can assure gather? you, I can assure you, if that had passed, if yeah. that was, well, sorry, we're, we're talking the if past it, tense, if it does. but if it does pass... 
the response in law and order terms, I'm not talking about anything else, would be massive. So I, I'm sure that Mr Lai, the... the um, Secretary who's not responsible for these things will will be thanking the Democrats for saving him from that trouble. I'm very sure that's going to happen. Well, Rick's just emailed in and he said, I've got a tent for sale. So thanks for being right. <laughs> Reminds me of Sunday Market. Thank you for calling. But the point Thank is, you, talk, talking, about, talking about a big force being prepared, mm. that's almost waving gauntlet at you, isn't it? Well, I think it is. I mean, We you don't know, need to know that. You, you, you do not need to know that. What you need to know is... What you should need to know is that, that the Hong Kong police force is on a state of readiness at all times. Well, exactly. I would have thought that's what Keep you need peeled. to know. Yeah. And, you know, Hong Kong has, as everybody knows, one of the highest policing ratios in the world. In, in other words, there is one policeman for every, I can't remember what the figure is, but it's very high. Except it's, when it comes to posh cars double parked in Central. But they can't be seen to the naked eye. Ah, that's it. They cannot be seen to the naked eye. Well, there you go, then. I'm actually planning to get a bigger car so I can park anywhere. What about this thing? I mean, it's the, it's the elephant in the room at the moment, uh, the Occupy thing kicking up again. Well, as I say... I it think might sound it, ridiculous, but I it's worth it, talking I, I about. I think if it, par- it, by some miracle, they manage to, to get turn some of these legislations and passes, there'll be something much more dramatic than Occupy happening. If the bill simply fails to get through the legislature, I can't see any reason why there would be an Occupy movement again. And in fact, um, because I talk to these people, I know for a fact that there, there's nobody planning to do that. Although I've also been talking to somebody who's an ex-cop who says to me, oh, we've got intelligence that says we know what they're planning. I'm thinking, gosh... Does that mean you read the newspapers? I say. I say that's I a bit radical. But what's the, what's what if if it were you who was a pro a pro get this thing through person who who did you know like Robert Chow basically well, what, I, what, what I would, would be the point of getting people down there? It's said to show support for the government, but there's tons of people down there and all, well, off, for off example, you go again. in the legislative council. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I think that they want to provoke. They're very keen on provoking. Um, Actually, both sides are keen on provoking, to be fair. So, you know, if you want to have a punch-up, have a punch-up, but I, I'd advise against it. <laughs> like anybody's going to listen. <laughs> no, but it's just, a, it's just a bit... I mean, you've got to hand it to these guys. They're quite organised. Uh, yes, well, it does help that they, they seem to be suspiciously well-financed. I love the, the stories of the... Um, in fact, there's... The a, Jimmy Lai stuff. Well, no, no, no. I was thinking about the the the, the Robert Charles petition, you know, that one with with I think it was five million squillion, six, one squillion six, people, six hundred and twenty-two. So there's a friend of mine. She, she's Chinese, but her husband is 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 is. I'm sorry to use this word, a foreigner. <laughs> and he goes up to one of these desks with his daughter, who I think is about age eight, and he says, "I'm a tourist visiting Hong Kong. Can I sign?" And they go. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. No problem. He said, oh, I thought this was just for Hong Kong residents. It, it, does it matter? And he said, what about my daughter? She's AJ. Yeah, can she sign? They said, yes, yes, she can sign as well. <laughs> so we kind of know how that poll was conducted. Um, but it was still presented with, was tons, presented with tons of credit. Yeah, there are pictures of old men acting like Paul the Octopus, well, they, they signing were, about 16 signatures no, at no, once. Good for them. Good for them. Well, it's, I'm, you know, I'm happy for it them. It just proves and, it means zero. It means zero, yeah. I mean, if, if and they all had nice... They were all kitted out in nice little shirts. I don't they, get that. If well, you don't want, if you don't want the pro dem, the democratic lot, 
who are avid Facebook, you know, the, if you don't want them to bubble you, don't dress up like a carder. <laughs> yes, I mean, the thing is, it's very hard to hide these days when you're doing this sort of stuff. And um, they they kind of think that, um, you know, the world is such that if they make an announcement that something's happened, people say, oh, gosh, that announcement sounds but, jolly but, but good. You bring up a brilliant point there. I mean, you know, um, all the, the house news guys and all these people, it's it, all of these pictures completely and utterly bubbling yes. this stupid yeah, behavior. I know. What, don't dress like that and you I won't know. stand out. But put, forget the mask, don't wear the baseball cap, don't all wear the same t-shirts yeah, yeah. and you'd probably but get away with it. the point is that some tycoon or others obviously given the money for that so they said, oh well. But why wear a uniform? Well, search me. I mean, you're asking the wrong person. I didn't organise it. I don't know. You know, do you uh, remember those pictures before when there was some bloke behind the porter at some demonstration handing out brown envelopes? Yes. And there's pictures and he almost just, he should have a sign over his head saying get your dough here. Yes. We all knew. Well, well, that that was that was that was to bust up. If you remember, that was to bust up the original scholarism protests. Yes, it was. Yeah. And um, what was interested about interesting about that was they were sort of chaps wearing dark glasses. Oh, with come on! Rather a lot of tattoos on their arms. I'm not saying anything. I am not saying anything. It's I'm just saying that is quite typical of a certain sort of person. Three. That's a pretty absolute dirty pause. Dirty that should be an paws. API if you've got dirty pause. <laughs> I want to do a couple of emails here. Uh, first of all, let's see. Chris wrote to me. It was about our opener. I was actually reading word for word the thing about don't go into barns with camels. Yes. Into a few bars with yes. a few mooses. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a government announcement. Yeah. Um, well, Chris just says, while the world's media attention is on South Korea, quite understandably, it's worthy of note that there have been no questions of Saudi Arabia over their inability to eradicate this disease after such a long period and their consequent responsibility for spreading it. Any views? I don't think you really... It's me making you talk about this today. <laughs> I, I, he's quite right. I, I mean, the, the, the key is in the name, Middle East Re- Re- Respiratory um, Syndrome. So you kind of know it comes from the Middle East and indeed, why haven't we heard more about... It's not just Saudi, it's Bahrain and the whole, lot. The whole of the Gulf countries have got it. Egypt apparently has got I, it I, as well. I tell you though, I, um, I've got to get a kick out of this. I mean, the Hong Kong government's response is, ah, yes, it's Middle East, must be camels. Must be camels. <laughs> it's like Wilo, it's, like, it's yeah. like Westerners going, oh, it's China, it must be, it must be pandas. Yes. It must yes. be noodles. Yes. Anyway, sweet, whatever. Sweet sour Let's go to Gareth. He says, uh, hi Steve, enjoy the show. One slight point. During the Falklands War, Secretary of State for Defence John Knott's offer to resign was not accepted by the PM. Foreign Secretary Carrington did offer to resign, and this was accepted. I keep forgetting how erudite our listeners They're are. Brilliant. Because he is absolutely right. I do apologise. Um, but I think the principle is the same. Yeah. I mean, however. <laughs> however. <laughs> however. I, I, I can now sound like a politician. I, I, I very much like uh, what you have to say, and I do take that on board. Yes. However, however we are making significant progress. Yes, Minister. In many directions. <laughs> but his point... <laughs> no, sti- his point is he, is he is factually correct, and... Um, uh, Thank Apologies you. from this side. <laughs> Thank you. A crisp fibre is on its way yeah, to you. A crisp fibre is on its way, indeed. I think his point was when something bad goes down, the bloke in charge is where the buck stops. Yes, that's right. That's right. Is and, where the buck um, stops, except for here. Except for here, where it's other folks' responsibility, which is fine. But um, there, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, we have this other... I, I, I was going to say it's a scandal, but I don't really know what it is. It's a sort of... It's a sort of, and I can only use the technical term for this. Weird, cock I believe. Up. Yeah, yeah right. it's a sort of cock-up. I mean, this whole business about this 12-year-old, um, Siu Yahweh, 
uh, this boy whose parents abandoned him in Shenzhen was brought here by his grandmother illegally, stayed here for many years, and then, and then, his grandmother, um, uh, Chiu, uh, Chao Xiu San, went to see um, one of the pro-government legislators, Chan Yun-ha, who decided to make it a big public issue getting him a temporary visa so he could remain legally. He was a pawn at this stage. He was... Well, you know, That's the what whole pe- thing mm-hmm. is messy, isn't it? It's odd. I mean... You want to gra- do something good, don't you? The grandmother obviously had concern for her grandson. You can hardly criticise her for that. But then she sort of muddied the waters by telling different stories about this and that. So that was complex. Chan Yun-ha is now saying, well, you know, um, uh, well, I thought it was a good idea to make such a big public issue out of it um, and then her, the Federation of Trade Unions which she represents apparently persuaded we're not sure whether they did them to go back voluntarily to Shenzhen and apparently did or didn't arrange for their relatives to meet them the mother of this boy who seems to be a fairly despicable individual says that he should be jumping off a cliff lovely woman um, meanwhile you have these so called nativist demonstrators who I think quite literally did hound him out of Hong Kong. But on the other hand, you know, there are very real fears about a mainland influx. People are worried about being Well, it's more than that, Steve. It's anti-China sentiment. It's anti-mainland sentiment, I think. Oh, and then there's... And you may laugh by the fact that I mention this. Then there's the Hong Kong government. And they did a long period of silence. I mean... Can you imagine? The administration is so incompetent that when something like this comes up, they sort of go, well, we want... But if Chen Yun-Han hadn't made a big deal about it, I, I hazard a guess that they would have fixed this. I, I think you're quite right. So why did she do that? Was she politically grandstanding? We don't know. Did the nativist demonstrators cover themselves in glory? I don't think so. Has the government covered but itself it's come in to glory? This, that's the point. I know. I know. So it's all very well for people to say, oh, well, this poor little boy, you know, the very least we can do is is treat him in a humanitarian manner. I mean, that's my instinct. My other instinct is to say Hong Kong is is, is a place under the rule of law. And if you break the law, there are consequences for doing that. I do kind of feel rule of law is rather important in these matters. And I do understand the fears and the sort of general anxiety that there is about this mainland influx thing which lurks in the background of all this you know they say well if you let him in it opens the door i don't where's he gone do we know where he's gone well he's apparently in shenzhen yeah but doing what back in a cardboard box i mean they're apparently holed up in some cheap hotel somewhere that's not i mean come on it's not right mike rouse made a big fuss about this the other day um and and uh, he, he said some stuff on Backchat and he wrote about it in Scott. But Mike's attitude was this, you know, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. So he's, he's really feeling that way. He just said, I feel terrible about the way the 12-year-old boy has been treated, found living in a cardboard box at the age of three after being abandoned by his parents. Now some elements of Hong Kong have combined to drive him out to Shenzhen. Well, on the, well, face, on the face of it, that he's right. That is one side of the story. I mean, I think what he should recognise and everybody should recognise is that no one comes out of this well. No one. Absolutely Chan Yun-ha doesn't come out of this well. The government doesn't come out of this well. I mean, it's his privilege to pick on one group of people who don't come out of it. And I happen to agree with him. I don't think they do come out of it well. But what this tells you is, like we didn't know, but let's say the obvious, because, you know, it's that time of day, is that 
everything is very, very highly politicised in Hong Kong at the moment. And it's no use gnashing your teeth and going, oh, I don't like it, I don't like it. That's where we are. I know. The you, timing is what's against them here. cannot be turned back. If this happened ten years ago and <coughs> perished the thought twenty years ago, I have a feeling it would have been sorted. And why would well, it be I a think, news item? I think you're right. If this hadn't been done in the full glare of publicity and you had a sensible person in the immigration department who said, goodness, this, this is a bad case, this but don't poor forget, boy... They chose, they chose to split, apparently. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah. But, but my point is that... You know, immigration officers do have discretion, mm. and a sensible one could have used it without all of this fuss. But, you know, Chan Yun Ha decided to go down a completely different route and make it a big political and personal issue, because, of course, she was there in front of it. So, hmm, you know, all those people who criticise um, the protesters for hounding him out, and I think they should be criticised, need to look at the big picture. Yeah. At the end of the day, I do agree with Rouse. He's a 12-year-old kid, even though he, yeah. he looks rather large. Well, he's a rather large 12-year-old kid. But, you know, I mean, he's been deprived of schooling. He's living with a grandmother who is, is by no stretch of the imagination, a wealthy woman. She's scraping together the money to keep him fed, fed and watered. So, you know, this is not a nice story at any level. Absolutely. But um, I, I, I just want to um, <laughs> talk about... I, I mean, we need some light relief, it's, you know, we've talked about it. So. You mean taking a camel to a barn is not like relief? Oh, sorry. I did thought you, that was my, that that was was, my moment. That was my mirth. My oh, mirth mirth moment. I was taking that quite seriously. <laughs> well, there we go. Go on then. Shows how I don't understand nothing. What, what else you got? No, no, I've got the State Council's white paper on human rights just been issued this week. Now, this is, you know, yet another very, very serious attempt by the Chinese government to give satire a bad name. I think that, that, you know, they're providing a lot of unfair competition for satirists, so they periodically bring out this white paper. Now, this one says that great progress has been made in, 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 in the recent year in protecting both freedom of speech and freedom of, of religion. It also says that the, uh, great strides have been made towards um, securing the right to impartial trials. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that 99.9% of people who appear in court cases in China get convicted, I suppose, supports that, that particular view. But the one thing that I really... The one phrase, and, and this, is it, this is it in a translation that I really like, that it talks about... And we can all agree on this. It talks about China's unique pattern of protecting human rights. I think we can go with that. China does indeed have a unique pattern of Stop protecting there. human rights. <laughs> a unique pattern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's the point of pumping this stuff out? I mean, oh, it's supposed to counter the criticism. Apparently there are people who criticise China's human rights record. And that's it. I've never met any of them, but I'm told they exist. That's amazing. And this is, this is the riposte. And it's very effective. And, um, yes, I'm convinced. I've oh, got, incidentally... Yeah. Um, it doesn't mention the spotting of Elvis in Hubei province, but but I think it's in there somewhere. <laughs> a couple of other things I want to check in uh, you about. There was a there was a, a sort of go slow of taxi drivers the other day because mm. uh, they're complaining about the apps. Now um, the apps are they're, they're, they're very useful. You mean for Uber? Well, no, no, no. There are various apps. They're all in, <coughs> they're all in Chinese. Um, but what the heck, it works. Oh, you mean to to, so to you, get a you get go, a car to go to your door? Yeah, and, and it comes and picks yeah. you up. And so, like the blokes on the street. Uh, they had to go slow, they're complaining, this, that and the other. Unfair I mean, competition, they're saying. Yeah, but um, these things work, and you get a taxi when you use them. End of t story. Yeah. <laughs> they... 
I'm I'm kind of sympathetic towards taxi drivers, not because they show fantastically good attitude. I have to say, there's not universal um, evidence of that. But the fact of the matter is that practically every taxi driver in Hong Kong does not own their own vehicle. Oh, I realise that. And no, but the point is that they work very long hours for these syndicates who who own the taxis, and they work these very long hours and they get very little money. And the, the problem is not so much the taxi drivers, because they're certainly putting in the time, but is the system that bungs out these licenses to these cartels so that, you know, in the taxi trade, there's no competition. It would create an obvious gap in the market for these other operators. Yeah. Well, let's just let's just say that there's a, a a sort of a bad bunch in every every whatever. I mean, what about all this nonsense in Langwai Fong of charging an extra two hundred bucks or something? But the word is getting around about that, Absolutely. and as soon as there's one drop of rain, yeah. the signs go up. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I know. What do you do? You go, you reach I for know. your phone, I've, you go beep beep I, I beep, have, and you're I off. I have been in that queue. And it's been raining, but I don't and under- it hasn't been very pleasant. I don't. Under- I understand it at seventh time. I've got to hand it to them around seventh time <laughs> because they've got the uptrack. Um, oh goodness <laughs> me! Problem which needs Phenomenal. to be dealt with, and I, I sympathise with them. But the on big that. issue here is not about you know whether you've got horrible taxi driver stories or anything. The big issue is here is you've got technology. Is this becoming what they call a disruptive technology? Is this changing the or game? Or maybe maybe it's a cause for changing the whole the whole way that the licensing system for taxis is done in Hong Kong. I mean, I know that nothing's allowed to change here for 50 years, but gosh. Well, that's a lot of... I mean, that has... <laughs> you know, it has. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has by, by you know, in, in a de facto way. I mean, like so many things, these changes don't come about because some smart civil servant plans them. Well, it's I, because the people take, like, you know, take matters into their own hands. Let's just have a look at this. It says, a group of them held a go slow on Wednesday against mobile phone apps they say are hurting them. The group says the apps which allow booking of private vehicles has dealt a heavy blow to their business. I don't know what the private vehicles thing is, because, to my knowledge, when you use them, you get a taxi, right? No, no, I think that's the Uber they're talking about. Well, I, um, I, I've, I know that the ones for ordinary taxis are massive. They're very, very yes, useful yes, to people. Not, not Uber. Not Uber. Yeah. And uh, they urge governments to curb these illegal activities. Actually, it's not so clear, frankly, reading this. Uh, around 30 of them took part in a protest drive. Um, I'm actually just talking about the down-the-line... Taxis that yeah. will come if you, you, you text them. Yeah, I mean, and there's taxis who will provide a, 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 an airport service... Through, you know, you sum them up through the old interweb. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, that was interesting. Should we get a taxi? <laughs> Shall we get a taxi? Can, can I just... I, I want to say something nice Go about on. Hong Kong uh, bureaucrats Go and on. civil servants. You know, often when we live in Hong Kong, we think we have a mun- absolute monopoly on stupidity and sheer, you know, wrong-headed behaviour. But thank goodness, around the world, there are other examples. And the one I liked this week was the Prime Minister of India... Oh, yeah. Did you see this? Narendra Modi going to Bangladesh. What's he done now? Well, he goes on a state visit to Bangladesh and meets the Prime Minister, his counterpart of Bangladesh, um, Sheikh Hasina. And he says to her, she's got the right ideas on terrorism and how to tackle it, despite being a woman. (laughs) 